Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers in line for the third straight week in a row for a primetime game, Monday Night Football, coming up next Monday. You got back in the win column against the Chicago Bears in probably the most convincing fashion that the Chargers have done all season long, but it has not tempered the <laughs> the stress levels of this fan base. One iota, big game coming up for the Chargers, trying to claw their way back into playoff contention here. Week nine of the NFL, big time matchup going to the Jets for Monday night football. This is not going to be as cut and dry of a football game as you may think it is. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But at least it's a game that matters for the Chargers. And that's what that Chicago Bears victory against the Bears allowed them to have. Um, this was and is an important week. And last week, three solid practices. You heard Brandon Staley talk about that equated into the best showing so far this season. Uh, if you haven't watched All In, there's a segment in there about kind of these guys need to go back to enjoying having fun in the game. And, you know, they have a celebration committee. It's pretty fun. Through one week, I get it. It's against a backup quarterback and a Bears offense. That's not great. They did their job. This is a much taller task. Now, is the is the Jets offense that much better than the Bears? Is Zach Wilson that much better than what they faced last week? Marginally, maybe. I don't know. But in short, it's kind of the same. It's the defense. That is the much bigger story here. And so lots to discuss, of course. Chargers... Three and four going against the four and three Jets. Jake, did you know that I think it's seven teams are within seeds six through 12, all separated by one game, all either four and three or three and four. <laughs> Beauty part of the of the midpoint of the season. Every, so many people are in contention. It's now who's going to come out on top. Yeah, so the, the, the Chargers are absolutely very much in the playoff hunt right now. Anyone who says, <clears throat> Jake, that the season is over and it's draft season, far from it. Far from it. Uh, Jake, 5,000-foot view for you. Chargers, Jets, what's it come down to? This comes down to can you score in the second half? Yeah, we talked about this, which is which has not turned out to be the easiest task for the Chargers. One touchdown in the last four games in the second half. That's not going to do it. And going up against a defense like this at the Jets field, who have only yielded two touchdowns in any game this season to opposing offenses. Obviously, they haven't come out on the winning end of all those, but only allowing two touchdowns in any game this season is impressive. And if the Chargers are going to do this, this is either going to be one of those type of situations where they get one in the second half, but you're probably not going to see a score that's going to go above 20 in this game. This is not going to be a high-scoring game by any means. The Chargers are going to have to figure out how to counterpunch because the New York Jets defense is going to come with something at them. You know what they're at on the perimeter. Their defensive front is one of the best in the league. So when it comes to protection, 
They did a good job last week against the Chicago Bears in terms of keeping Justin Herbert clean. I don't think that they're going to be that perfect this week. I feel like the Jets are going to be able to get pressure. It's can the Chargers offense, can Kellen Moore, can Brandon Staley devise a counterpunch and take the nuggets of what worked in that Chicago game, especially in the first half. And can you expand on that in being able to move the ball down the field, get in the red zone, get touchdowns, at least at, at the very least, being able to put points up on the board. Now, while you're while you're at this, and the Jets defense is for real, and I am not taking anything away from that Jets defense. Mm-hmm. But, but, similarly, and I'm not saying the Chargers are anywhere in the stratosphere of the Jets defense, but similarly to how the Chargers defense can be split into two. The Chargers run defense, Chargers pass defense. If you look at the at the Jets defense, their pass defense is incredible, incredible. Their rush defense is is terrible. So if you look at kind of like the the total numbers, right? Like the Chargers, if you look at just in context, Chargers total yards given up on the season per game. Chargers ranked thirty first. <laughs> with 390, right? The Jets are 19th at 329. So, like, 19th isn't great. I mean, obviously, 31st is terrible, but 19th isn't great. That's still below average, right? But then if you look at kind of the, the two halves, passing yards per game, the Chargers are dead last at almost 298 points or yards per game. The Jets are fifth best, only allowing 185 yards per game. So they're like 110 yards fewer than the Chargers in passing. Rushing, on the other hand, rushing yards allowed per game. Chargers, sixth best, just 93 yards per game. Jake, the Jets, second worst at almost 145 yards per game. So... You know that Jets defense, like that secondary is insane. They have three corners deep and arguably probably the best three corners tandem or trio in the NFL. But they can be had on the ground. And while that doesn't mean the Chargers are going to go crazy on the ground because the Chargers run offense hasn't been great since week one, this has the opportunity to be a get-right game for the Chargers rushing offense. Now. Will we see it? You saw Bennett was promoted to the practice, to the active roster. No more Trey McKinney. There's a focus now on establishing a run. So I, I say all that to say, while the Jets defense is incredibly good and it's talented, it's a two-headed, it's a two-sided coin. And if the Chargers can't establish a run game, it will make their passing game better. Will they? I don't know. But make no mistake about it. The Chargers offense is 100% better than the Jets offense right now without Aaron Rodgers. Chargers defense is worse than the Jets. But there are ways to kind of pick your poison and pick your battles against this team. Is that a homer take? Is that a homer take? It's, it's, it's not a homer take. I think, I think if the Chargers were to start running the ball and have this be their most effective game since the Miami game, then I would feel a lot better about the Chargers' chances of winning this game overall. If you can find that balance and not have Justin Herbert back there, 
slinging the ball 40 times, which he's probably going to have to do anyways. But if you can add some balance to this offense and find multiple ways to attack them, I would feel good about it. The Jets are just so deep on the defensive front. They can run seven deep if they wanted to on their defensive front. And even, is, better, and even better is they only go four at a time. They rarely blitz. Right. So you're talking about they're fresh. Yeah. So you're, and you're also talking about dropping seven into coverage at any point in time. So it's, it's going to be hard just to even get the ball to whoever Justin, Justin Herbert's talking about. Now I get what, uh, in terms of you bringing up the update on Nick Vanette, um, like you said, no more Trey McKitty. I would expect to see possibly just because now Vanette is your best blocker, maybe outside of Donald Parham, as it relates to your tight end group on this team. Maybe there's going to be a lot more person, 12 personnel that the chargers run. We'll see. I would, I would hope that if I would hope that if the indications are there that the running game is not working to <laughs> go away from it for a little while, then maybe come back and see what you could do with it, make some adjustments a little bit later. But Dan, I think what I'm the the main thing that worries me is how is this offensive line going to fare? Because they have had outside of the Chicago game, you look at the three games before that. And they were in a bad spot when it came to allowing pressure to Justin Herbert. The Raiders game, Max Crosby and that group, they got after Justin Herbert. Cowboys game, Kansas City, they were able to create penetration. And now you're talking about one of the best defensive fronts in the league, especially from the interior with Quinton Williams. Jermaine Johnson coming into his own now off the edge. Those are when you can get that type of interior pressure. I think that's really the Achilles heel of this Chargers offensive line in terms of what they are allowing right now. It's not just the edge pressure that you can give up because Rashawn Slater, for as much as he was struggling, Chicago was a, a better game for him. But it's not so much the edges I'm worried about, Dan. It's the interior pressure that just can absolutely wreck everything. So can the Chargers, can Zion Johnson, can Jamari Sawyer, can Will Clapp still in the is still filling in for the absentee Corey Lindsley in this situation? Can they step up and keep Justin Herbert somewhat clean? We know how lethal he is if he has to run outside the pocket. We know what he can do. Mm-hmm. But you can't have that happening consistently with this team. And like you said, you only have to rush four to get pressure. That is just a huge advantage for a defense. So I don't know. I mean, currently the Chargers are practicing right now. We'll obviously provide any updates that are necessary in terms of injury status and whatnot. Does Jalen Guyton come back and be that deep threat for this team? I don't see this as as a game where you're going to be going deep that often because you're probably not going to be able to get those opportunities. So it's going to be much more of a short field game, matriculate down the field to, to hopefully score. But this is going to be a huge test for this offensive line, Dan. And that obviously winning in the trenches is what is what gets this offense going. Yeah. And, and let's stay with the Chargers offense versus the Jets defense. We'll kind of start there and then go the other way. Um, where the Jets make their money on this defensive side is the red zone. Their red zone defense is tremendous, but the other side isn't that great. So like, think about this, Jake, the red zone defense, right? Fourth best in the NFL. Like that's pretty darn good, right? You you'll that's where you make your money. You stop them from scoring touchdowns if you get to the red zone. But then if you look at kind of the the rest of it, 
third down percentages, the Chargers are, excuse me, the Jets are 19th in the NFL, giving up 40% of third down conversions. And the Chargers offense, I believe, is 12th in third down percentages converted. The Chargers red zone offense, if you look at up to up through week eight, fifth best. Fifth best red zone offense for this Chargers team going up against the fourth best red zone defense. Some good competition. That's where this game will be won and lost. Because teams go up and down the field ish. <laughs> they get to the red zone on the Jets, but they don't convert. That's the problem. And the Chargers so far this season will say what we will about, you know, which is crazy that they have that good of red zone offense when their second half offense last month has been non existent. That's where this game is going to be made. Like, can the Chargers convert to touchdowns if, when they get to the red zone? Can that happen through the ground? I don't know. Donald Parham, I think, is a big one. We'll see if Jalen Everett can get back. Jalen Guyton, I don't think, is really going to be mattering that much in the red zone. That's more of a deep shot, to your point. That's where I'm looking. Is inside the 20, can they finish? Because that's where you go from a... 17 13 game to a 27 17 game. They're going to have to figure it out. You, you would have to think that that is a point of emphasis, especially on how the Chargers started that Chicago game and ultimately how they sputtered out in that second half. And even looking at it from a macro standpoint, second half right now, this looks like it's offensive coordinated by Joe Lombardi all over again when you just Ooh. look at it statistically. <laughs> and that's not going to get it done. And yes, I understand offensively the team that you're going up against in the Jets, you don't necessarily have to be lighting the scoreboard up. But in these type of situations against elite defenses and better teams that you're going to be playing down the road, you have to figure out a way to do that in the second half. But then I want to flip it over to the Jets offense now when you look at this. The Jets offense, obviously we know the players, Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. One of which is on my fantasy team. (laughs) (laughs) If the Chargers can look for any advantage here, it is that offensive line of the Jets because thankfully for the Chargers, their five starters that they have on the line are their starters. Uh, Other than obviously the situation with Corey Lindsley. But that group has been together now for, for, for several weeks. With the Jets, Tan, PFF ranks the Jets' offensive line as the 32nd ranked unit in the league. Why is that? Because they have gone from starter to backup to backup of a backup at the center (laughs) position, at the right guard spot, at the right tackle spot. From the center to the right side, that is where the Chargers should be attacking from and taking advantage of this offensive line. Whether or not it's going to be from a standpoint of stopping Brees Hall, which obviously the Chargers have shown from a run defensive standpoint they can do, or you're going to be getting pressure to Zach Wilson. One of the two, that's going to have to happen. Garrett Wilson's going to get his. We have all seen what the Chargers have done so far this year against number one wide receivers. He's still going to find a way to put stats up on the board. But you're going to have to find a way to get to Zach Wilson early and often and against this makeshift offensive line where just even last week, 
they lost another offensive lineman. So you should be able to figure out a way to take advantage. Joey Bosa now being healthy, obviously Khalil Mack, the continued improvement of Tuli Tulipolotu. Find these creative ways to utilize the three of them on that defensive line. I would still like to see a lot more snaps for Morgan Fox. Use all of your weapons when it comes to pressure. And if the Chargers can figure out a way to get pressure with just bringing four, that's a huge win. I think they could take advantage of that. Again, Chicago, Chicago was a step. I was just going to say Chicago was a stepping point. Can you continue a trend? Against that offense, I think they should be able to. Like the Jet, the Jets' offense is not good with Zach Wilson. Jake, the total yards per game, 29th is this Jets team. And that's like 90 yards less than the Chargers per game. Passing yards, 31st for this Jets offense. 164 yards per game passing. That's roughly 90 away from the Chargers. Rushing offense, the Jets are 18th in the NFL. At 109 yards. None of that is good. None of that is good. I do want to real quick. There was one other point that the chart that I do want Chargers fans to realize about this Jets defense. And what makes this Jets defense so good is how they pressure opposing quarterbacks with their front four. So presser percentage. Jake, do you know who has the highest pressure percentage in the entire NFL per game on defense? A one New York Jets team. 29.2% pressure percentage, highest in the NFL. <laughs> hurry percentage. Do you know who has the highest hurry percentage in the NFL? The Jets. 13.7% highest in the NFL. Quarterback knockdown. 11%. That is... Sixth most, excuse me, seventh most in the NFL. But blitzing, Jake, they are 31st. So why their passing defense is so good is because they can get to the quarterback with four. And they have seven guys back there covering. That's a recipe for success. Think back to, for those who are old enough, think back to what the Giants did against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's how they win. That's how they win. So, but going back to what you said, the Chargers offense, or excuse me, the Chargers defense, this is another kind of get right game. But also, you know, you see people, I think I saw a stat today that Zach Wilson has four game-winning drives or comebacks this season. And I'm like, don't you dare do this to me. Don't you dare do this to me, Zach Wilson. Again, you talk, we, we talked about Twilight Zone stats for the Chargers that just make absolutely zero sense. And then you see Zach Wilson holds the, <laughs> the most fourth quarter comebacks. You're like, wait a minute. How? <laughs> How has this happened? It's it's brutal. Um, so it's to me, offensive side of the ball, like this is going to be a slugfest, and they're going to have to will their way. They're going to have to execute, and they cannot go another game without scoring a second half touchdown. Like, and this is one of those games where if you score a second half touchdown, that could be a win. Yep. Just get one. If you can get to 20? Hell, if you, if you can get a 20, I think they win this game. I do. Uh, to me, though, this game is about resolve. And I think this team, Chargers team, knows that they got 
a get right game against the Bears. They have the Lions coming up. That's another tough one. And the Lions are pretty balanced on both sides. This Jets team is not balanced. The defense is fantastic, but this offense is bad. They have to show resolve. They have to come to this game prepared with a mission. And they have to win this game by any means necessary. Like the Bears game, like, yes, it's by any means necessary, but they needed to win that convincingly for a lot of people to even care. This is one of those games where I don't care if it's 21-20, 14-13, whatever. That's the kind of game that the Jets play. And the Chargers have to find a way to win this one at the end. But what I don't want to see is the Jets up two or up three with two minutes left and the, and the Justin Herbert has the ball in his hands. Not ideal. Because this Jets defense, that's what they pride themselves on. So, Jake. Prediction. Now nah, we're not doing predictions on this one. We're not doing predictions until they get to it's 500. Like a, we're not doing like it. Second consecutive week that Dan Wolkenstein chooses not to do a prediction. Last week was the first time <laughs> in the history of this show he has chosen not to do a prediction. Now make it two weeks in a row. Yes. Um, uh, well, on that note, Dan, for those who are listening on our ESPN radio broadcast, want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you are interested in seeing the full episode, make sure to uh, find us on YouTube at Chargers Unleashed. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in there. And let's continue, Dan. So, okay, you don't want to do predictions. That's fine. I understand that. You're speaking music to my ears right now. I get it. How about if we just try some X factors here? Joshua Kelly, for me. There we go. Is an X factor. Um, The Chargers rush offense has not been good. And I've been kind of thinking through it. And a lot of it is like the identity that this team wants to be versus the roster that this team has and the you know the stars that this team has. In between the tackles, like that tough and rugged, bring your lunch pail, be physical, like that's not necessarily Austin Eckler's game as a runner. That is kind of Joshua Kelly's game as a runner. Like a one one read, put your foot in the ground, go get four. Like that's what you that's what you need with this style of, of offense, especially the running scheme. And you've seen time and time and time again, we talked about it last, last episode, where the Chargers in the second half or whenever, first down, negative two yards. First down, one yard. First down, two yards. And it just, kept, it just keeps going. I think this is a game where Joshua Kelly can be utilized and should be utilized more as the physical runner up the middle or between the tackles, I should say. If you want to use Austin Eckler out in space, give him screens, all that kind of stuff, put him on the That's edge, fine. tosses, cool. But like, I think it would be kind of nice to see both of them on the field at the same time. That would be interesting. So first X factor for me would be Joshua Kelly. Again, this Jets defense against the run is not good. And so far, the Jets, or the Chargers offensive run game has not been good, but they should be better. And this is a guy that I think could help them do that. I really like Joshua Kelly as an X factor because he needs to be getting more touches. That's spot on, Dan. My, my mind might be low hanging fruit, a little bit obvious, but who cares at this point? Um, currently, as it stands today, Joshua Joshua Palmer is not practicing. Obviously, thankfully, the Chargers have a Monday night game. May just be giving some extra time to rest. We still haven't really been given any update as far as the severity of what that injury was. 
please increase the snap count of, or not so much the snap count, sorry, the target share to a one Quinn Johnston. We saw what happened. We got kind of a peek behind the curtain last week, and it was a very nice showing for him for his first game. Is it a breakout game? No, but it gives you some idea as far as the element that he can add to your offense. Lo and behold, a guy who made his bread and butter being a yak machine at TCU. You got to have some more of that in this offense. And I don't care if it's a three-yard dump off the way it was last week at Chicago, or you're going to have him out wide and you're going to throw deep to him for a pass here or there. That's fine. But use this as a stepping stone. Use this as the next level to give him confidence. Build on these type of games for him to where he can become a more intricate piece. Again, as I said last, or no, earlier this week, this was the first game where as a unit, as an offensive unit, you were able to fill the void of the missing Mike Williams. Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Quinton Johnston, Austin Eckler, all of these guys got involved. And to become multiple on offense and veer away from a predictability type scheme that defenses can easily key into. You're going to have to do that consistently throughout the duration of this season. And Jake, you you mentioned kind of the, the Quentin Johnston, like getting in space and giving him opportunity. Like this is the team to do it against. You know how many missed tackles this team has? You're talking about the jets, the jets defense, Jets defense. They're seventh most missed tackles in the entire NFL at 58. 58 missed tackles on the season. Uh, Gerald Everett, Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, Donald Parham, Austin Eckler. All of those guys, all of them are yak monsters. Those are the guys that should be able to be breaking tackles underneath. And so I'm, I'm with you. I think Quentin Johnson would be a huge one. Cause that like that gets me excited to see like missed tackles. Like that's opportunity for this team to kind of blow something open. Continue. I was kind of wrapping up my X Factor for <laughs> Quentin Johnson there to be perfect class, <laughs> but let's now let's flip it over to the offense, the uh, the defensive side of the ball now. X Factor for me, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa looked as healthy as he had at any point this season, last week against Chicago. And when he is on, he is on. And when he is healthy, he is one of the best edge setters in the league when it comes to stopping the run. And you talk about, we already alluded to what that makeshift offensive line for the Jets is. You want to make a quarterback like Zach Wilson beat you, the best way to do that is take away the run game for him. So Joey Bosa playing like that, considering what now you can kind of tinker around with by moving him on one side next to Khalil Mack, moving him on the same side as Thule, and having these guys get after the quarterback, I think it's critical for the the identity that you're going to go out there with on the field in terms of what you want to do. The Chargers are going to have to be arguably the most physical that they have ever been with this team on both sides of the problem, probably more offensively than defensively, but still play a physical brand of football. 
build off of what Chicago was. I think Joey Bosa being a tone setter on that defensive line, you can get to Zach Wilson early. You could take away that run game. You can. That's it. That's where you have to do it. The defense is going to be able to give this op- this offense opportunities, not consistent opportunities. They're not that elite of a defense. But when they give you the opportunities, the Chargers are going to have to take advantages. I feel like what we saw from the secondary last week, albeit outside of one or two plays, was a big improvement. You can't give this Jets offense a short field because I think that that will definitely be an advantage for them. So you have to get off early on first downs, make it third and long for them. Don't put yourself into the dreaded third and long or third down that has really plagued this team for a majority of this season. And you just have to play fast, physical football, get after the quarterback, make him uncomfortable early. And hopefully that'll give you enough breathing room through the duration of four quarters that you can escape with a win. Yeah, I'm going to go my X factor and you're not wrong on any of that. And, you know, I think it's kind of, it's a two-sided coin. You know, obviously you want to get to Zach Wilson and make, you want to make him beat you. And if that's the case, like you're golden, but to get to that point, this Chargers run defense has been good so far this season. You make no mistake about it, but this is one where they can't let Brees Hall get going. Nope. You cannot make this easy on Zach Wilson. And so this is, in my opinion, an X factor is kind of the interior as a whole, like SJD, Austin Johnston, Austin Johnson, excuse me, uh, Nick Williams, Kenneth Murray, Eric Hendricks. If those guys can do their job and just continue to do what they've done so far this season, you gotta feel good about this Chargers defense going up against Zach Wilson and company. Like even in even in like a great game for Zach Wilson perspective last game, wasn't that great? Like Zach Wilson is not good. He like I saw some stuff where they said, "Oh, he looked great last game against the Giants." Like he didn't look that great. He just looked better than he normally does. But that a great game by Zach Wilson is a bad game for Justin Herbert. Do not let do like do not give them the opportunity to not have to worry about that. If you give up thirty carries, you know five yards per clip, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose this game. So keep them on, keep them around their average. If you can keep it around whatever, 100, 110 yards. Hell, 100 would be great, but that that's where I'm at. Like I, I thought about doing an X factor of like Mike Davis, good or bad. I thought about doing like whoever's up against Garrett Wilson. <laughs> um but I think it's the run defense. If the run defense can get right and can get off the field, keep it, keep it to third and longs, give the edges an opportunity to rush a passer. I think you're in good company. Agreed. Are you sure after doing all that, that you do not want to do a prediction? I'm, I'm not trying to bait and switch you here, Dan. Do you? No, but (laughs) I, you know how much I hate doing predictions. Um, your bold prediction almost came true in the first half. It looked like it was well on its way to being right. 
for those who didn't listen last week, Dan's bold prediction was can the Chargers consistently in fourth quarter, four quarters of the game score on offense? And, you know, first half, hey, great. They did no, like 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> Second half, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Should have should have been a prop for our our friends over at Underdog Fantasy is what that should be. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to do it this week, but I think what will be important will we saw it for a good amount last game was like the idea of like complimentary football and like the two sides of the team complimenting each other. And that's what you saw in the first half. In the second half, the defense kind of kept going and the offense kind of lagged behind. If we can see that sort of complimentary football again, I know that you, that term is used all the time, but Chargers defense gets stopped. Chargers offense gets a touchdown. Chargers offense scores a touchdown. Chargers defense gets a stop. Like those are the complimentary football times that will win you football games. You saw about the middle eight where the Chargers got a touchdown. They got a field goal. They won 10-0 in that last game. Like that blows the game open. This is one of those where if the Chargers defense can get a turnover and then the Chargers offense scores a touchdown on that following drive, that's big. But the Chargers offense has to take advantage of those against an offense and a defense like this. Like when you get opportunities, you have to finish it. And so, like, complimentary football. The other thing I will say, Jake, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I forget what Monday night football. Oh, it was a Christian Kirk. It was a, the Jaguars. Were, I forget who they were playing. But Christian Kirk went for, like, a drag route that turned into, like, a 60-yard touchdown. And the Chargers kind of finally got, like, one of those easy touchdowns. Quote-unquote, easy touchdowns. Where Jessica Herbert could do kind of a quick dump off. And then the playmakers take care of the rest. And you saw Austin Eckler done on a screenplay last week. I want to see one of those by a pass catcher. Like, give it to Darius Davis. Give it to Quentin Johnston. Give it to one of those sure. guys. Short, easy, take it to the house. Like, give him a 70-yard 70 70-yard 70 passing touchdown that is realistically like a six-yard pass. And they do the rest. And, like, finish it. Because I don't want it to stop at the 10 because that's where this Jets defense is at its best. Will we see it? Will we see it? I will say that'll be a bold prediction of mine, Jake. We'll get one. We're going to get one today or this okay. week. One 40, 50 plus yard passing to not Austin Eckler for a touchdown. Okay. So whether it's to Jalen Guyton, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett, it doesn't matter. A receiver. Just one throw and catch for over 40 yards in the end zone. Yeah, when's the last time we saw that? What, was it the Josh Palmer one where it almost should have been a pick that turned into a catch? But even that wasn't an easy one. That was like, you had to chuck it and call no, it prob- the end zone. Probably the Keenan Allen to Mike Williams <laughs> pass that sure. went all the way for a touch. Justin Herbert didn't even throw it. <laughs> Must be nice. Uh, bold prediction for you before we get out of here. Oh, this is nasty, Dan. There's it's just at it right now, even coming off of the Chicago game, like we said, beating Chicago one way or another was kind of going to be a lose lose situation because you beat a team that you were supposed to do it, you did it in convincing fashion. However, it's one game that's been like that. And the Chargers have been known to have 
split personalities from a week-to-week basis and which Chargers team actually ends up showing up to the game. So if the Chargers are able to put some consistency behind this, my trust levels on it would obviously be a lot better. I don't even want to say it's a bold prediction. It's just something that I feel like you're going to have to do in order to win the game. Put seven in the end zone in the second half. Now one touchdown, one touchdown. Right now, there's there's or two ways to read. Everett. I, I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about putting a touchdown on the board. In the oh, okay, half. got it. okay. Now there's one of two ways you could read about that. If that's the only touchdown that the Chargers put in the whole game, then that whole notion is just moot. It's like, oh, he scored one touchdown in the second half, but you couldn't do it <laughs> the rest of the game. No, you have to figure out a way to move the ball and put it in the end zone. As Dan said, when this Jets defense is backed up and given a short field, they can stop anybody. They both so what, what is it that I'm looking for? I'm looking for more creativity out of Kellen Moore. Will the elevation of Nick Vanette allow that? I don't know so much that his elevation is going to make that big of a difference to it as far as the run game goes, but... I really like what I saw last week with Donald Parham still getting his red zone targets. Give fun. me more of that 12 personnel. Put Gerald Everett and Donald Parham out there. They can be mismatches for anybody when you put them out there and moving them into space like that. And like Dan said, I don't care how you do it. <laughs> Just figure it out. Even if it is a pick six and it ends up being a touchdown Please. in the second half, I don't care. I don't care. Figure it out. This is a big one. This is a big one. Monday night, all eyes will be on the Los Angeles Chargers versus the New York Jets on primetime Monday night football. Like we're at the point of the season where they got to start making these things happen. And this is an above 500 team that they're playing right now. Can they beat an above 500 team? If they do, it'll be the first time this season. And you can excuse away. You know, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like, no, at this point, like, there's a reason they're four and three. And the Chargers should be better than three and four, I think. They should be. They could also conceivably be a lot worse. And they could be a lot better. Like, it it goes both ways. But the reality is they're three and four below 500 and outside the playoffs right now. They're the 12th seed right now. Again, there are seven teams between six and 12 (laughs) that can be decided by one game can the chargers find a way win two in a row you went lose two win two lose two now you're at win one can you win one more (laughs) just stay on track right now flip the script after this but stay on track right now that's where this goes for folks who have not seen we've got a giveaway going on right now yes uh it will end monday night you have a chance to win a signed color rush custom Tuli Tuli Pelotu signed jersey. That's a good looking jersey. That looks fresh, by the way. A lot of people like Tuli, by the way. He's like a fan favorite already. Uh, go to Twitter or X, check out the details, enter for your chance to win. We'll announce the winner on Monday prior to Monday Night Football. Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head on out of here? Friday Eve. You know who's going to be at the house on Sunday, or excuse me, Monday night. Have to call him again. Didn't have to call him last week. 
I wasn't sure if you're going to go bourbon or the cardiologist. That's good. Well, <laughs> that's when I said who, I thought that that was like the indicator. Now, if you're Bartender. saying like who and what in a combination of both, it's like, what, well, uh, Mr. Hefner, why is your heart rate so high? The Chargers and alcohol. <laughs> are you watching this game? Yes. Are, are you, you watching this? Yes. <laughs> Hold on tight. Here we go. Oh, all right. Well, hey, for Jake Hefner, LA Football Network, Chargers Unleashed. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. Guys, gals, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the next Chargers Unleashed.